and Soul Podcast. I'm grateful you are tuning in today. I'm Shauna Hall, a self-love and mindset coach, teaching you how to align your life through mindset shifts, spirituality, and manifestation. Each week, I'll be giving you tips designed to help you create a passionate, purposeful, high-vibe reality that you love. If you're ready to align your glow, you're in the right place. Let's get to it. Hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I had the pleasure of interviewing Trish Kelsey. And I just want to put a little asterisk. This episode is definitely for the ears of adults only. So if you're in the car with your kiddos, I would pause now and hop on to a different episode and come back to this when you are by yourself or with another adult. But Trish is a singer, author, divine feminine goddess, orgasm activator, magical mystic, helping people awaken to the mind-boggling orgasmic pleasure so they can heal their shit and call in all the juicy O's that life and the body can offer. And we dive into all things that will ultimately help give you pleasure so you can live your most fulfilled life. Some of the subjects we talk talk about today are tantric. And we talk about, obviously, O's. We talk about um, why we're here and how you can feel more pleasure and joy and how you can heal your inner soul through sexuality and love for yourself. This was definitely a very educational episode for myself. It opened myself up to things I really didn't have any knowledge about or I thought I had knowledge about. So I encourage you to go in this with open ears, open heart, so you can hopefully learn something new. And as always, if you do enjoy this episode, share it on social media. Enjoy. What two is about uh, balance, choice, union, and partnership. So think of two things coming together or having to choose between two things to decide which path you're going to take. And then also balance, although technically balance is really three because you need that fulcrum in the middle. I'm a Libra, so I'm very picky about that. But usually two is about balance. Um, And so a number like 222, 22 is the master number. Uh, the, The double digits are master numbers and 22 is the master builder. Mm. And so two, 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 two is said to be, um, it's that building your future with your partner. So uh, if for soulmates, twin flames, et cetera, two, two, two is oftentimes said to be a hello from the higher self of your partner or your significant other that you either are with or want to be with. So two, two, two is just, it's just a really great number about, um, balance and path and making the right choices. All right. Welcome back to the Align Your Glow and Soul podcast. I've got Trish on the podcast today and we are, I am so excited to chat with her. Welcome, Trish. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. So my first question for all my guests is how do you align your glow and soul? Orgasm. Ooh, tell me. Orgasm. (laughs) My, My motto in life and uh, one of the books I'm writing, I'm a Libra, so I have several books that I'm writing right now. But the one that I feel is super juicy is my book, Orgasm is the Key to Everything You Want in Life. And so to say, if you're not orgasming, <laughs> you're, you're not moving forward is, is absolutely a tenet that I hold dear. Ooh, okay. Let's pause on that because it was on my list of subjects to dig into. (laughs) 
And then tell us your, as many details as you want to provide or cliff notes is fine too. Just your journey and how you became the coach that you are today. Whew, okay. I'll try to keep that short. Um, my background is in the performing arts. I have been a lifelong stage performer in uh, musical theater, theater, piano, ballet, tap, jazz, the whole nine yards with musical theater. Um, that transitioned into being a writer and then later a composer lyricist. And so um, I parlayed that into starting a talk show and talk show um, and a magazine and becoming a Broadway journalist. Um, I was the guide for theater on about.com for three years. I was the managing editor for one of the top Broadway sites. Um, just in that line of work and then, you know, was a, a pro professional production stage manager for theater, musical theater and competitions, ballet competitions, etc. So my there's this whole one side of my life that seems very antithetical to the other side of my life that deals with Tantra and sex and sexuality and orgasm, yum, yum. And all of these uh, aspects of helping to heal people through orgasm and through pleasure. Um, so, so it seems like a very disparate journey and but again, I'm a Libra, so I can I can straddle both. That's totally cool. But um, now at this point in my life, um, it's really wonderful how these two supposedly different paths have been interweaving into who I am becoming now. And that is what I call um, artist alchemist and the sacred sex shaman. I am a bohemian polymath. I am a fire bringer. I am a divine feminine trailblazer. I am a light weaver, music maven, storytelling genius, I think. And so there are all these aspects of who I am that are coming together as I focus on using all of my gifts, all of my creativity, all of my expertise, all of my knowledge, and all of my training to do what I can to help heal through sound frequency and pleasure and then sexual trauma healing, because that's a huge issue in, uh, in human society. And so my focus, since I've was a 13 years old as a human rights activist has been to do whatever I can to help raise humanity up from the dregs of the human condition, as we call it in literature and the theater. And um, yeah, every day just trying to do what I can to make the world a little better. Oh my goodness. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing. And we'll just go right back to what we were originally talking about, which is awesome <laughs> orgasm. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, let's just get started. Let's just like, you know, lit that match. So, okay. Um, <laughs> I feel like this is a struggle for, I mean, women especially. Yes. And it's, I mean, there's just so many layers to it. So, you know, tell us why that's your motto. And then, um, what do you, how do you help women or men or whomever to work through that? Let me start at the end of your question. And yes, of course I help women, but interestingly enough, most of my clients are men, but I do have, um, programs that can help anybody. And the program that I have, which is called awesome, 
which stands for Awakening Energy and Sound Orgasm Meditation. So right there, you can kind of see how sound and music and uh, orgasm and the body, it, it kind of all has come together uh, for me. Um, and that evolved out of my own need or desire to be able to orgasm without it taking forever and a lot of effort so that I was too tired to really enjoy the orgasm when it did happen or, you know, when it did happen. And if it didn't happen, then really, really frustrated. <laughs> so um, I was one of those women who had never orgasmed during sex. Um, I was like most women started with a, a small, cute little vibrator. And that's really exciting. Like the first two times, and then you need something a little bigger and then you need a little something a little bigger, a little stronger. And you're going from, you know, two double A batteries. And you know, how did I wind up like, you know, needing three C batteries, you know, then you get tired of buying batteries. So you buy the stuff that plugs in the wall, you know, and then, then you just need something stronger and stronger and stronger. And then you're buying back massagers because they have like a 9,600 RPM, which is way too strong for the clit. But you just, you literally, you can't get feel anything now from, you know, the typical vibrator. You know, when I had the Hitachi wand and I had the curved in your G-spot vibrators and all of that stuff. And so um, I was so frustrated with this because trying to do uh, a g-spot the g-spot is on the anterior wall of the uh, vagina and just trying to do a, a g-spot orgasm by itself with no clitoral stimulation that sucker took like 60 to 90 minutes and i was just like i will do this it will happen oh my god i will make this orgasm happen 90 minutes later i'm exhausted like the sheet is soaked my armpits <laughs> and i'm so just wet and i'm exhausted it's like finally an orgasm and just like i'm exhausted i just want to sleep um, and so using the, the some kind of clitoral device to stimulate my clit um, yeah, that was quick, but then I just always needed something stronger, stronger, stronger. So, um, long story, not short. Um, I was traveling, I was working as production stage manager for an event and I was, um, going to be gone for a month and I had decided not to take my, my vibrator with me, although I had my, uh, curved glass dildo with me. And so as I got acclimated to the job, you know, a couple of days in, like we finally had uh, an, an evening off and I thought, oh, well, let me just relax. I want to have a nice orgasm. So I, I, you know, shower, get in bed and just want to relax and have anything. Well, not only did I so not orgasm that evening, but one of the things I realized is that as I put my hand, I don't know how, how, how honest I can be here. Can I, can we just talk openly about the clit and the vagina and all that? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I, I should have asked before. <laughs> I'm like, we're already there. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, I did one interview once where we go through the whole interview and I talk about, you know, the vagina and anatomy and all this kind of stuff in anatomy. And, and at the end of the interview she said I don't think I'll be able to air this I don't think my my older female clientele <laughs> will appreciate this I'm like what so I'm like 
anyway, I was shocked by that. So I just want to make sure, which I should have asked before. No, but, I would have told so, you we're good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, thank you for being brave and having honest discussion about this. So, um, so I'm, I'm there and I'm having this, uh, this difficulty that I can feel from my fingertips. I can feel my clit, my vulva, inner outer labia and all that. But from the perspective of my clit, my inner outer labia, any of those tissues, even the mons pubis, I could not feel my hand. I was like, whoa, wait a minute, like from the clit's perspective, my labia perspective, uh, I felt pressure, but I couldn't feel like any fine touch of my fingers or anything like that. I'm like, what is going on? Um, it took me another two or three times over the course of that month that I was gone to try and, and have an orgasm and it didn't happen. Um, until that, I think it was a, a third or fourth time. I was like, oh my gosh, that took forever. Like, this is like the old days. It took forever. So not the first thing I did when I got back home. <laughs> one of the first things I did was I got home, whipped out that hose, taught you one, and went to town and boom, I was there in like less than a minute. Um, and what I then sought to figure out is, what was wrong? What was wrong with me? And over the course of about um, another year or so, it dawned on me because I was starting on my contract path at that point. It dawned on me, oh my gosh, what's happening is that I have damaged the nerve endings in my vulvar area. And I was like, this is crazy. And so it was like, it was like a bad addiction that every time I tried to not use the Hitachi wand or any of the vibrators that I have, and that was the strongest one. Oh, and a back massager that I could not, it, like it got worse. I could not orgasm without it. So fast forward to, um, uh, this was, well, so this was 2011, um, February of 2011. I finally said, I, I got to stop. This, it, this is why it felt like such an addiction. I couldn't stop while I had it. So finally on a Sunday morning, very early, I knew that the old people would be at church and the middle-aged people would still be asleep. So very early on a Sunday morning, I wrapped up my Hitachi wand and walked it out to the dumpster. Uh, you know, so nobody could see me doing that. And it took six months for me to be able to feel anything from my clit, the labia, the vulva, that whole area before those nerve endings started to heal and be able to feel anything as in, uh, you know, feel my fingers and, and send those messages back to my brain of, oh, look, we're being touched. This feels good. And it really, really shocked me, the damage that I had done to my body because of this external device and this need for more, need for more, need for more, more and stronger and faster, <laughs> so-called better. But for me, it wasn't. And I, um, this is why I definitely recommend stop using the vibrators. Um, get, get off the vibrators. Don't get off with the vibrators. Just get off the vibrators and 
maybe take my course and I can teach you how to become very highly multi-orgasmic all on your own. And that way you never have to have the embarrassment of like TSA going through your bag and <laughs> finding your vibrators or somebody, you know, and falling out and the you know, you know, kids or the dog picks it up, you know, which actually happened once, you know, dog picked it up and goes running through the house. I'm like, oh, stop no. that. <laughs> well, damn, now I've got to throw that one away, you know? So anyway, so yeah, so it has been years it was years of uh, sexual frustration, sensual frustration. And then finally, once I got on the path and I had my, what I call my cosmic big bang explosion, climax orgasm, which literally sent me shooting through the cosmos and flying by the planets. And like, I was like, I, my body burst into a million little pieces and infinite fractals and uh, my arms, I could feel my arms just at the light of speed. They were just stretching out on either side of me and I could feel the edges of infinity. It was absolutely amazing. And I said, I want more of this. (laughs) I want more of this. And so how do, how do I, how, how did I do this? And so I started working backwards to how I do that and created my program in 2015. And um, that's why literally my life changed. And in the process, which you didn't ask, but I'll go ahead and finish this idea. In the process of all of this, I wound up healing body image issues, uh, binge eating issues, sexual trauma that I experienced age nine, age 11, age 15, age 21, all of these things came up to be healed, purged, and loved. And it was like bringing back all those pieces that burst apart and shattered came back healed. And it was such an amazing journey. And that's why when you ask, (laughs) you know, what is my guiding principle or or however you phrased it, I'm going to say orgasm because it was truly, for me, that was the biggest, most incredible experience. And I want everyone to feel this. I want everyone to love themselves, their body, and to have this immense pleasure because we are here to live a life of love and happiness and joy and abundance and freedom and adventure and passions and pleasure. So um, like I said, long story, not short, there you go. That sounds beautiful. And I, one thing I love about speaking with coaches is that usually it results, the education results from your own inner struggles and your, your want and desire to, to teach others to fast pace that, you know, learning. So I love it. I may have to take this course because you've already sold me on it. That sounds amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, come on and do it. (laughs) Self-study. But it, but what it is, is it's about you really getting touch getting in touch with your body when so much of our culture is about the judgment we receive from all of these external influences, TV, movie, magazines, books, it's certainly the internet, social media, and so-called influencers, etc. It becomes, you start to become very disassociated from your self-worth, from your capacity for self-love. This is how, you know, even young girls and boys um, start having body image issues when they're five. And that's such such a ridiculous concept to me, but it's happening. So 
you know, when we heal ourselves, it makes us better people. It makes us better parents, you know, and then certainly you can spread, you know, that happiness and joy that you then feel. It really does change your life. It radiates outward from your center so that you can then, as they say, be the change that you wish to see in the world. And it really, really, really doesn't make, it makes a big difference as even as hokey it, as it may sound at times, it's truly important to, you know, to be centered and to know who you are. But for a lot of people, including myself, that means stripping it all back from all of the indoctrination, the programming, the systemic institutions that want you to look a certain way, be a certain way, talk a certain way, walk a certain way, fuck a certain way, whatever, you know, it's like, nope, let me figure out who I am. And um, that's actually what I've been doing a lot of since 2009, <laughs> actually. So, yeah. Well, the journey is never over. So just expanding and changing. Right. And, you know, and it's like, I was about to say, well, not till you're dead, but, uh, but, you know, even then, you know, death is, death is a portal onto the next part of your journey, you know, as, you know, eternal beings here having a temporary physical experience. Um, this is, this is all about experience. So whether it's good, bad, or befugly, it's just experience for your soul to go, oh, that was interesting. You know, when you have your afterlife review, <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, I didn't expect to have that <laughs> experience. So I actually get extra brownie points for this lifetime, you know, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, um, this, this journey is really really incredible i'm constantly amazed and surprised at um this journey to 5d as we call it so yeah yeah i totally agree with you yes agreed and speaking of a journey i know you mentioned you have an upcoming book the book is called orgasm is the key to everything you want in life yes can you tell us a little about that absolutely so aside from the obvious kind of orgasm, um, and I differentiate between climax and orgasm in, in the sexual sensual experience. And so this concept that I have as orgasm is the key to everything you want in life actually stems from that separation that I distinguish in my work between climax and orgasm. Um, and so orgasm, means uh, swelling in Greek from the comes from the Greek orgasmos. And so it means to swell. So you can kind of like, okay, sex, what's swelling? Okay, you can kind of get an idea what the Greeks were looking at or thinking of when, <laughs> when they termed the word orgasmos in regard to sexuality. Um, and so it's this idea of how to live your life from pleasure and expansion. So when you understand that you are here to live a life of pleasure, but that has been hijacked and corrupted in many, many ways here in this experience on earth, that how do you undo the programming? How do you, how do you get down to, well, I don't wanna say brass tacks, but how do you get down to the core of who you actually are? If you can, you know, undo all of the programming, indoctrination, et cetera, and then figure out who you want 
So this is, you know, again, it's a lot like the process that I've been on for many years. So, and so I kind of hone it down and distill it down to um, very actionable, timely steps that anyone can do to help heal themselves, their own issues, and to help heal their life because the world is changing and uh, humanity is changing. And so this idea of not just living from pleasure, but healing through pleasure, because, you know, so much of my work deals with sexual trauma and rather than taking a, a victim, you know, oh, you're a victim or even you're a survivor, survivor still a label. And so it's this idea of being able to see that you're a sovereign being, your body is yours. And so we can heal that and we can, we can heal all the ways, in my opinion, we can heal the, all the ways that you were affected by the traumatic event. Oh, and by the way, you're still a sovereign being and you still have a birthright to pleasure. You still have a birthright to happiness and joy. You should not be scared of men the rest of your life. You should not be scared of people that look like your abuser the rest of your life, et cetera. And so it's this, this process of healing on such a deep level that you want to have this rebirth. You want to have this expansion. It's not just expanding up and out of the trauma. It's, it's, it's expanding. It's expanding up and out of everything you ever thought or knew about yourself into so much more that's available to you. If you want to step onto those paths of expansion Ooh, and remembering. Yeah. That sounds so good. When is this book coming out? Um, I'm trying to have it out by February because I have been asked to speak at a huge event in LA in early March. So I'm wanting to have that on the podium <laughs> with me. Um, I don't think I'll have my intact book out by then, but I will also have my foreskin fairy teaches you about your intact body book out. So in my work as a foreskin educator, trying to um, extol the virtues of foreskin and to explain to parents to be why boys need their foreskin. That's um, and how the foreskin of the how the function of the male foreskin changes over the course of the lifetime of the male. Um, that book will definitely be out by then as well. So um, yeah, so all and I'm actually working on another book of um, poetry, sex poetry. <laughs> Oh my so god! I mean, that will be out soon too. Yeah, I told you I'm a Libra <laughs> and a generator. <laughs> I am. I am a sacral generator. If it's not a heck yes, it's a heck no. And so all of these things are heck yeses. And um, you know, and I absolutely, you know, I love being able to utilize all of my creative gifts. You know, this goes back to those seemingly disparate um, you know, paths in my life, but all of this that I've experienced and the knowledge and, and expertise that I have as a tantric, as, um, as a multi-orgasmic woman, like I don't even you know, have to touch myself. I, I just orgasm spontaneously, which is interesting when I'm driving, um, but, <laughs> but you know, to be able to write about all of this, to communicate about all of this, to do public speaking, just to share the good news of orgasm with everybody in the world, you know, it's, uh, yeah, so definitely um, February, I should have at least two books out, if not three. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, we will need to connect again closer to them because everybody, it sounds Yay. like everybody needs to learn about these. Yes. Awesome yes, books. indeed. I agree. <laughs> Something you mentioned earlier, which I'm just starting to learn more and more about, but I don't think a lot of people know what it is or really have any idea what it is, is tantric. And what is, yes. what is that? Well, the word Tantra is a compound Sanskrit word that literally means uh, instrument of expansion. So we go back to expansion. That's why orgasm and Tantra is so much a part of my life. Uh, but um, it's the word Tantra could also be um, a instrument of expansion. It could be a tool for liberation. It's this idea of whatever limitations society religion, culture, politics, government have put on you, you can always transcend that. You can expand up and out of that because you are not any of that. All of that, you know, all of that's, that's just labels and it's categorizing, especially if it's, um, if you live in a culture, which I think we all do, we live in a culture where the powers that be want to keep us in little boxes because we're more easily controlled that way. And so when you remember that you are awakened to the fact that you are a spirit being having having a temporary experience it really shifts everything it shifts every single thing in your life and every experience in your life and so as you go <laughs> down the tantric paths which i do believe should involve learning the sanskrit it should involve becoming familiar with rituals um, such as Agnihoma um, or daily puja, these kinds of uh, very tactile, very physical uh, rituals that raise your vibration of the physical vessel and get you back in tune with the earth that the, these, uh, and the cycles of the sun, the moon, et cetera. And so the tantric path is not just about sex, because I'm sure that's what you meant when you asked about things that are tantric, but I do feel the obligation to, to state this first, that, that the tantric path is the instrument for exp expansion. And because sex is a natural part of life for most people, whether it is partnered or solo, that sex is a part of the tantric literature or the tantric scriptures, but there's way more about consciousness and awakening and kundalini and the chakras and, and lifting yourself up and out of all of this that you've been told is real and then going beyond the veil, beyond the illusion or the maya to see how expansive we all are and how connected we all are. One of the things that I focus on when my tantric union class, which is uh, starting up again soon, it's a nine week course, but it's how so many things that we talk about in the modern ascension spiritual movement actually go back to tantra. They go back to the Vedas, but especially, specifically, they go back to Tantra. But most people only know about the sex. So I'm always loving the opportunity to talk about Tantra. So 
now ask me the question that you wanted to ask that you wish I'd answered <laughs> a minute ago. <laughs> well, now you've got my brain going in all kinds of directions. So what, I guess, when it comes to sexuality, does Tantra entail? Well, because Tantra is about expansion, specifically having or utilizing an instrument of expansion for your own expansion, your own awareness, your own awakening, and then going beyond that, expanding beyond what you think you know, what you know you know, and then what you don't know you don't know, is that Tantra is, from a sexual perspective, interestingly, there's actually no penis penetration in true tantric sex. I know all the neo-tantrics get really annoyed with me when I say that, but (laughs) the true tantric sex begins with, first of all, anchoring in, or if you're like a a neo-pagan, neo-witch, neo-wiccan or whatever, you'll, you'll know, you'll be familiar with the term drawing down the moon. So it's this idea of drawing down the divine energy within yourself. So if you're male and identify as male and have a core masculine template, you may want to draw down masculine God energy, divine masculine, sacred masculine energy within yourself. And then as you have your partner who is female, because this is about balancing the polarities into union oneness so as a male you would most likely have a female partner then you see and recognize the divine feminine within your female partner and she does the same for you i as a core feminine draw down and anchor in the divine feminine energy and then through these eyes because now i've anchored in the divine feminine energy i now see through the eyes of the divine within myself to see the divine in my partner. And then it is a union of divine energy between the two. Now in true tantric sex rituals, there's lots and lots of Sanskrit and lots and lots of gods and goddesses names and recitations of this, that, and the other. Um, And yes, there is vaginal penetration, uh, fingers, maybe some toys, et cetera. And then, of course, as partners, you could take it further if you want to. But what I teach is this core experience of the divine. And then they teach all the yummy sex stuff, (laughs) especially making orgasm uh, easy and, you know, as many times as you want. Um, But true Tantra is about understanding this, this path as an instrument for your expansion up and out of the illusion of your human self to rejoin and have union with the divine in everything, that you are not disconnected, you are not separate. This is what we now call quantum entanglement, you know, this this idea or string theory that we're all connected. The tantrics knew this 1500 years ago. In practice, probably three or 4,000 years ago. And so these practices that we have to work on our 
inner crap so that we can heal this stuff once and for all so that we realize we are worthy of divine because we are already divine so i'll i'll leave that there i could go on because yeah <laughs> i love the topic but i'll stop there but it's it's that concept and i hope i was clear no that was beautiful thank you for really breaking it down in a way that i think most people can and should connect with which it's all about that energy connection and that law of oneness absolutely it is it is remembering the law of one that we are all connected but because we are physical beings we are spirit beings having this temporary physical experience there are things that we can do and like to do here in the physical um for instance Once you are, say, upper 4D or, you know, 5D, um, I don't know if those terms are familiar. I I guess they would be more familiar with you, with your audience. But this idea that once you get into 5D and really anchored into fifth density, you don't need anything in the physical to manifest. You don't need candles. You don't need cards. You don't need uh, Palo Santo. You don't need, you know, an atom or this, that, and the other. You don't need that stuff anymore because that's physical. All of that stuff is from the olden days where we had such heavy veils that we were manifesting from the physical into the physical, which is a very, very difficult way to do things. But now through this awakening process and this ascension process, once you're anchored in the 5D, especially, it's like you realize, you know, manifestation is instantaneous. You know, yesterday, uh, for instance, or the every day is, you know, I, I do my, my, manifestation affirmations you know i saying things like you know i i love receiving payments from clients i love receiving donations for my artistic projects on gofundme i love blah 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 you know one day venmo says we'd like to send you ten dollars i'd like okay venmo i'll take it thank you um yesterday i got a, a donation of 240 dollars and for my foreskin fairy book you know and then you know hey today's not over i can still get some orders in you know it's just like this idea of the there's no there's no reason for me to use anything physical but as a lifelong pagan witch i really love my candles and i really love my palo santo and i really love all my witchy stuff but it's not necessary but because i have walked this path and orgasmed my way down this path of expansion that i get to manifest directly from spirit and energy into the physical it's like once you once you expand up and out of being of the limitations of the physical it's like oh these rules don't apply to me ha 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 <laughs> you know it's like woo-hoo. you know then you know i everything that i i want to manifest is is in service to others is in service to humanity and helping the planet mama gaia um you know and to do the absolute best that i can do in this lifetime with the skills and gifts that i have and then the learning and the training that i have taken on and so like yep yep all right let's do it i i I need to buy that 144 acres of land for my tantric wellness center you know i you know i need to do this i need to do that i'm I'm just i'm just so led to do that and so now i'm at a point where it 
it not only seems possible, but I think it's going to happen sooner than I ever thought. And a big part of that is that tantric experience of expanding up and out and above and over and around all of the limitations put on us by society. And so Tantra as the instrument of expansion is a great vehicle for that. You can think of Tantra as its own little Merkaba, you know, its own little spinning stars and awesomeness that once you, once you jump in that vehicle, <laughs> it just goes. And it actually makes life so much easier when you are feeling in your power because you can see you see all of the illusion around you and you recognize it as such. So, oh my goodness, that was beautiful. Thank you. What? I said, <laughs> you can cut me off. You know, you can nope. interrupt me. I, I love it. <laughs> I get going. I'm sorry. It's that natural teacher part of me. Well, and what I love about interviewing individuals who are passionate about what they do is it's easy. It's simple. Yeah. And- just goes and it flows. And so I just love it. I love connecting with people. So, um, one more, well, we could talk for hours, but we will have one more topic of discussion. (laughs) Um, something that, um, you mentioned a couple of times, your, your book. And, and I think not a lot of people, including myself know a ton about this is the, one of the topics you educate on your website, but also the book, the, the foreskin fairy book. Yes, I do. Tell us, you know, why we should not be circumcising males anymore. Well, by anymore, um, what you really mean is ever. (laughs) So um, now what anyone over the age of, I say 21 and older, but many local laws say once you're 18, you're an adult, you can vote, you can go to war, you can get a tattoo. So uh, in that vein, you know, if you have your foreskin still and you want to cut it off at 18, you can do what you want. But um, I'll start with the notion as, as a woman who believes very strongly in women's rights and the two aspects of where we try to prove that women have the right to choose what happens to their body are the the aspects of body autonomy and self-determination. Body autonomy means I decide what happens to my body. No one else does. Mm -hmm. And self-determination means I decide my future and what I want for my life. So body autonomy is about your body and uh, self-determination, in my opinion, as I perceive it, is about the, the choices you want to have for your life. And with women's rights, it's, do I want to become a mother? Do I not want to become a mother? Do I want to carry um, a, a fetus possibly conceived in rape or incest, et cetera, or not, et cetera? So there's the body aspect of this, and then there are your life choices and your life path aspect of this. Mm-hmm. So if you consider yourself a feminist, if you consider yourself someone who um, agrees with the notion that women have a right to choose what happens to their body and their life, well, then you must also give that to other people. And in this case, you are affording newborn baby boys the same rights of body autonomy and self-determination 
that you demand for yourself. So with foreskin, so that's the first thing, first of, for me as, you know, from, as a rights activist. And I agree hundred so, percent. I think we, as a society are so one-sided and it drives me wild when we make these quote unquote rules to one sex versus the other. And it's like, no, 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 we need to be equal in all the things that we're fighting for, not just women. Right, exactly. And um, the big breakthroughs, I think, I'm going to get back to your question in a second, but I think the big breakthroughs are happening in the conversation around babies, newborn babies that present as intersex, what used to be called hermaphrodite. Oh and my goodness, so yes. Mm-hmm. In the, inter- the intersex um, community or doctors that uh, pediatricians that deal with this, they now no longer want to do reassignment surgery. They don't no longer feel this pressure to, oh, it must be, you know, penis and balls, or it must be a vagina, you know, and oh, the, you know, we have to fix it as it were. And it's like, no, 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 because what, what's happened um, is that in doing the reassignment surgery is that they, it's like, okay, well, well, it looks mostly male. So we'll make it a male. And then it grows up. The child grows up to wanting to be more female um, and acting female, wanting to be female and yet not having the parts, you know? So it's like, um, and so anyway, so it's, that I feel has been really important in um, helping talk about not doing any kind of unnecessary genital surgery when a child is born, because it is surgery. Circumcision is portrayed by the establishment that highly profits from this. And it is money that drives the circumcision industry, but it's, um, it's this idea that, um, oh, it's just a, it's a, just a little snip. And that's the way I always heard about circle. You know, it's just, you know, a little snip, little, you know, a little bit right. off the top. Like really simple, <laughs> oh, like, no big deal. Doesn't harm the child. No, part of the it is process, all that. Yep. It, circumcision is horrendous. And there are two things I highly recommend you watch. Uh, the elephant in the hospital, which you can find on YouTube. And if you have Netflix, I believe it's still on, is uh, still on Netflix. And that is American circumcision. So what I do is I talk about foreskin. I educate on foreskin because the baby is born with foreskin. There is a, a sheet of tissue and skin fused to the baby's penis and it looks a little weird if you've never seen what's like, oh my gosh, what is that? But when you understand that the foreskin is fused to the glands on purpose, it actually prevents urinary tract infections. It prevents problems. And that as the boy grows older and as he is the only person who is allowed to manipulate his foreskin, doctors, nurses, babysitters, daycare givers, parents, well-meaning family, whatever, no one is allowed to manipulate the foreskin. Only the owner of the penis can play with the foreskin. And it goes through this natural retraction stage to where it will eventually completely separate in its natural growth and (laughs) its own expansion. Um, (laughs) And so, and that can happen anywhere from the age of three to 23. They wow. say the average is about nine or 10, but I've had men 
who took the survey for my intact book and they said there were 21 and it was still technically attached. They still had part of the synechia, which is what attaches the foreskin to the glands. They still had some of their synechia intact. And so it could be literally, you could be in the early 20s before the foreskin finally retracts naturally on its own. Now, so, I want to take a little guess I, here, I think, and you can correct well, me if I'm wrong, but would you say that, I mean, because I really believe all body parts should just be kept on, they're meant for a reason, right? The right. universe wasn't messing around when they created humans. So when right. the foreskin is removed, that the individual, the male, maybe has less sensation because of that? Or Absolutely. You- okay. Absolutely. And this is exactly why, going back to why I teach about foreskin, because and educating about foreskin, if I talk about circumcision, then circumcision is the foregone conclusion. So again, you know, I educate about foreskin and what it does and how it protects the male. And one of the things that the foreskin does, especially as a child, is it, uh, again, it's fused to the glands, but when it goes through that, uh, that retraction and separation phase and the foreskin starts to move in its natural function, of gliding back and forth over the glands. And the, the, the glands, is, which is the head of the penis. And then you have the corona. We, we've all heard that word way too much the past two and a half years, but the word corona means crown. And so it's like the, the, the edge of the helmet as it were. And then you have the, the sulcus, which is this little, is the indentation to the neck and then the shoulders of the penis. And you have the body or the, the um, shaft of the penis. But what happens is that as the glands is exposed to the harshness of diapers, then underwear, bed sheets, towels, clothes, et cetera, over and over and over again, that the glands, which is supposed to be kept covered by the foreskin, but isn't if a person is circumcised, the glands tries to, the body tries to create its own sheath covering to protect the nerve endings. So it would be like if someone, you know, had, you know, the inside of your mouth, which is mucosal and soft and pink and very moist and soft. Um, but then suddenly something happened and now the inside of your mouth is turned inside out and exposed to the elements every day for years what's gonna happen is that that tissue will harden and it's a process called keratinization. The glands tries to create this uh, with with what it can as the glands is designed. The only thing it can do is create a layer of keratin. Now keratin is the same thing you have in your hair and your skin, uh, your nails. And so with the keratinization of the glands, the glands will create about 10 to 12 layers of this keratinization to protect itself from all of these harsh fabrics and other um, uh, just environmental and yeah, and yeah. open and out to the air. Now we typically don't walk around naked as much, but in other countries um, where they perhaps do circumcision, people may walk more um, naked than you know, or you may sunbathe or go to the tanning bed. <laughs> your, your, your penis doesn't have its natural protection. And so what that does is that the keratinization, it creates the, the circumcised, the adult male, his circumcised penis 
is uh, hard and it's cracked and it can be very uncomfortable for the male and you may have to keep oil or lotion on it to try and soften it. Uh, erections can be painful because of where the circumcision scar is. Um, the, the foreskin not only covers the the glands, but it also provides the extra skin you need for the expansion of the penis when it becomes erect. And so a lot of circumcised men have a, a curve to their penis. That's actually not natural for most men. The, the straight, pe the, uh, uh, the penis tends to be straight in intact men. Now, of course, there are variations, um, but, and on my blog where I have uh, done my, the blog pictorial of intact penises, you do get to see all kinds of shapes, but by and large, they tend to be rather um, straight with very little curve. Um, but so removing that foreskin actually um, equates to a moving at, and for the adult male would be about 15 square inches of skin. So the foreskin has a different, slightly different anatomy and a very different function as the male grows from child, newborn through uh, toddlerhood into boyhood and into adolescence. And then finally, as the adult male, I mean, you know, when you talk about anatomy and physiology, anatomy is the bits and pieces that comes from the, what we call morphology, but the physiology is the function, is the study of the function. And when you really get into the function of the foreskin, it is absolutely mind blowing that we still do this to children. However, the circumcision industry is quite profitable for the people who make lots and lots of money off the selling of baby foreskin. When, in the United States at least, it is illegal to sell any other body part. I can't sell my hair, you know, if I needed to earn a few bucks. I mean, I can't sell, uh, you can't sell a kidney, you can't sell a toe or an earlobe. You, you know, if you donate plasma, you're donating, you're not selling. You know, mm -hmm. so donating your blood, you're donating your, you know, all these things. Yes. Right. Exactly. But foreskin is considered trash and therefore it's discarded and can be sold as I guess maybe other body parts from the hospital or sold black market. I don't know. But foreskin is actually uh, very, very profitable for the cosmetic industries that use the, use the foreskin itself or the stem cells provided by, uh, for your anti-aging products, um, the biotech labs, the academics. And when you go to say a high school or college lab class where you have to go in and do cultures, they may have some part of uh, male foreskin or stem cells there from as part of that. And so the academics buying stem cells and buying foreskin um, to as the basis for culturing actually um, quite a lot of money in that too. So, wow. and the thing is, is that if you're going to sell a little piece of your skin, right, you're going to sell some little part of your body that has so many nerve endings, way more nerve endings than the clit or the glands combined, which is another topic, but the boys should be compensated. Mm -hmm. You know, it's been estimated that um, after selling and reselling and reselling and reselling that one little baby foreskin it could be worth about $100,000. But the boys are never asked 
The boys cannot sign any legal paperwork saying, yes, I want to be butchered and mutilated and have a part of my body sold. And oh, by the way, here's my PayPal, put my hundred grand in my PayPal. Thank you very much. But that's just not the way it is. Um, the lies surrounding uh, the foreskin, what it is and what it is not, and then circumcision, what it is and what it is not, are truly astounding. And so what I do as a foreskin educator and my, my um, alter ego, the foreskin fairy, is trying to educate parents who are wanting to have children or you know have small children and amazingly haven't uh, done the deed yet. It's like, there's no reason to. Oh, and here's how you take care of a, a baby foreskin. You just wash the outside. It's really simple. And it's a lot preferable than having to clean a, a bloody stump of a penis that's in a urine-soaked, feces-soaked, nasty diaper. I mean, it's just, yeah. Mm, it's, it makes me sad yeah. about that. Well, I, it, It's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible because, because circumcised, circumcised men write to me when they donate to my book, my Force Fairy book. You know, they're, they write to me and tell me their horror stories about how um, some of them are actually, you know, they, they hate their life. They have so much pain um, and you know, how it affects women, um, not as mothers, but as sex partners is that the, um, if a circumcised man does not keep his glands adequately uh, moist and lubricated, that the dry cracked keratinized circumcised penis can actually cause micro tears inside the woman in her vagina. And so women who experience bleeding during sex, it's sometimes thought, oh, there's something wrong with her. My first question is, is your partner circumcised? And let's go from there, you know, because if he is, we we need to have a little talk. And so, you know, it's, um, it's very, very sad to, um, because what I, I, I just hear the horror stories of the, the men who are in pain and then the men who experience erectile dysfunction, because what a lot of people don't understand is that the foreskin is actually connected neurologically to the prostate. And it's actually the foreskin that gives the signal for the releasing of the ejaculation, the fluid from, from the prostate. So when you look at the um, 77% of men in the United States are circumcised, and then you look at the rate of erectile dysfunction. Oh, it's very high. It's very high. But, oh, wait, there's a blue pill for that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. You you know, they make lots of money. So, again, I would always follow the money Mm -hmm. on, on any of these. This is, oh, this is a, this is a practice in the traditional 3D system. Follow the money. Oh yeah. And circumcision, circumcision's a big one. So her placenta, like many people don't understand that your placenta is, is it not thrown away? It's sold. It's sold for a lot of money and it's sold yes. the same thing that you just listed. And yeah. it's all about the money. Yeah. Yep. 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 And that's what we are here to help change. And so, you know, I'm always thankful to talk about uh, foreskin. My book is the uh, foreskin fairy teaches you about your intact body. 
And um, just to get the message out there, I want to see this book in every library, every maternity ward of every hospital, every OBGYN, every pediatrician's um, office. And, you know, um, still have several thousand dollars to go before we, you know, reach the deadline, uh, reach the, the amount that I need to publish this because it's a full color book. This is this one's for six to, ages six to 12, but I'm going to do another one that's for ages uh, zero to three. Um, and so it, this is about when we look at the, the battle that we have ahead of, uh, of us as divine masculines are waking up and they're really waking up to patriarchy. They're waking up to the um, toxic masculinity. They, a lot of them don't realize the qualities of toxic masculinity that they exhibit and portray and how much of that is contributed to the emasculation they experience within 24 hours of being born. And then this, this lifetime of um, this lifetime of the institutions and the systems trying to control their masculinity when whatever they're going to be is, should be their choice. But with the foreskin, and one of the things that I show in my book, Intact Men as They Were Born to Be, is just how much more sensitive intact men are, how much more sensitive they are as lovers, how much more aware they are because of all of the fine touch nerve endings they have in the foreskin. You see, the glands has deep pressure sensitive nerve endings, the same way the clit does. And um, several years ago, 2006, I think it was, um, I did a, a fundraiser production of the Vagina Monologues for the local rape crisis center. This was after Hurricane Katrina. And um, there's a monologue, at least it was in that time, there was a monologue talking about how, you know, the clit has 8,000 nerve endings, twice as many as the penis. And that irked me so much. And I didn't know why at the time, but what I know now is that the yes, the external glands of the clitoris has 8,000 pressure sensitive nerve endings. The glands of the penis has 4,000, but the male foreskin has, it's been estimated anywhere between 10,000 to 20, 30,000 fine touch nerve endings because of the kinds of cells and nerve endings within the male foreskin. Wow, And so it's really, really amazing just how much more sensitive. Um, for instance, intact men don't need any lube to masturbate. Um, intact couples where the, where the man is intact, um, we'll say, with, and the partners, let's say a woman, they don't need lubrication for sex. And so a lot of circumcised men need dry sex in order to feel anything. And this was certainly my experience in my marriage and with other circumcised men is that they need the dry sex because, and for me, I'm a natural ejaculator. So I make lots of fluid and, you know, they say, oh, well, you can't feel anything. So I have to dry off. They have to dry off. And so it's just, there are so many problems. I won't go into them all. And I'm sure you have another question, but it's just <laughs> this idea that there are so many I don't, sorry, problem is not the right word. Um, there are so many issues and topics to be discussed and worked on and healed that happen because of a decision 
made when a boy is or a person with a penis when they're 24 hours old That's, you know so right and, and these are these are literally replaced. yeah these are these are far-reaching far-reaching lifelong results um that can be devastating at times and so it's like just you know wash it the wash the outside it's, it's really easy and then you know when he's 18 he can chop it off if he wants to <laughs> but you don't it's not your place to you know to mutilate him oh my goodness that definitely was a new subject for me so I appreciate that very much <laughs> and um I just want to say you know thank you for all this I mean, seriously, expansive. I love that word so much, but expansive education. And I think we will absolutely need to talk in the future when your books are going to be out so we can promote those. Cause I just think, I mean, I, I need to read this book for skin fairy, um, for sure. So I appreciate everything that, um, you shared today on the podcast. Absolutely. You know, and like I said, I have uh, programs and courses and all that stuff. And so any of your listeners want to get an 11% discount, just have them message me or email me and say, Oh, I, I, I heard about you on, um, you know, Shauna shows like, okay, well, yeah, sure. 11%. Here you go. Beautiful. And I will have all of your websites, links, socials, all that good stuff in the show notes, but is there any particular platform that you find yourself on more or that you enjoy engaging with your audience more? I am actually creating my own online community due to the censorship that I am experiencing increasingly on Facebook and YouTube. But my website is the best hub of information in terms of where I will be uh, when this airs and then going into the future um, as we you know go into the next year. But um, for now, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, those are, you can find me there. And then any updates I have about my on, new online community, I'll have all the links there as well. So you can find me really easily. Beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much. And yeah, yeah. everybody listening, as I always say, it takes just a minute. If you're listening and enjoying this episode, take a screenshot, tag us online so we can continue to expand the the universe and hopefully it caused that ripple effect. And Trish, thank you again. I appreciate you so much. And everybody who's listening, <laughs> make today magical. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I'd love to connect with you. Screenshot this episode and tag me on Instagram to be entered in to a $50 Amazon gift card. Please subscribe to be notified of all new episodes and don't forget to glow like you're meant to. Have a fabulous week.